Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to the show, everyone. James, I want to get right to it this week because I'm frustrated with this team. I know. And I, I, I have some feelings. Some big feelings. You're such a pessimist, and we'll go over that. <laughs> I don't. I I don't know. I like, and I left this. Um, you know, I usually make our show notes like detailed, and there's the breaks and all sorts of. We're not going to do that. The ad break might be very abrupt. Um, I'll do my best in post to like make all that happen. Usually, I try to plan it out. Um, but I wanted to make this more of an open-ended. Kind of discussion about this because i i think i think you can offer a, a certain perspective on that uh, like okay on what we're gonna uh, what we're gonna discuss so i i want to leave it open-ended we'll see what we actually get through um we'll try to keep this one uh w- within an hour i think for both of our sanity i think we've had a long week so far so i, I want to start with this and, and islanders fans stick with me here i'm gonna start with a devil's question for James, but trust me, there's a point that I, I, I promise. Uh, hopefully, they're the, on the other side of this. Um, you'll you'll understand. So, James, during the the during the devil season so far, how many times have you seen them truly play a terrible game, whether they won a won or lost? Like you, you're like, wow, how how they stick that one out or start to finish they lose the game and and they just don't look good how many times in the devil season so far have you experienced that it's honestly only been like two or three um were they back to lost. backs or against like no. really good teams or what was they the were, situation it, you know it was the start of the season where they dropped their first two bad games They've only lost four, so there was another. There was a third loss sprinkled in there. You know, maybe a couple games after. Then obviously they went on that run. Um, you know that streak ended after thirteen games. In a in a game where they probably could have won, you know there was some controversial calls. Um, and then they got right back to winning. So, not many. But even in those wins. Had they looked largely good, like they're playing at least two good periods, maybe they have some letdown, you know, they're getting goals against, right? Like there's some lapses that can't be perfect. Yeah. No, so um, like one of the one of the things for the Devils that has persisted throughout the season was that, you know, there's been plenty of times where Lindy Ruff has come back and said, 
you know, there was at least one frame of play in this game that I did not like, you know, but for the majority of the season, they played really well. Uh, They've had hiccups, you know, here and there, but they've been really dominant, man. Like there's obviously not, nothing is perfect, but they have been very good. So, I asked that question just because you are watching two teams very closely. So I think that your viewpoint on this when we bring it to the Islanders is is very valuable. And my perspective on the season so far, having, you know, I've missed a few games here and there. Um, but my perspective so far is despite the wins, they very rarely played a full 60 minute honest to goodness, start to finish good game. You've seen those comeback games. They, they're they starting slow. Um, they're allowing a lot of goals. There's a lot of mistakes. You know, we mentioned this for weeks and weeks. Even during the win streaks, when we've had shows, I've mentioned slow starts, miss a lot of mistakes. Um, their professionals kind of figure it out. You mentioned, you know, at a good point last week about 20 games into the season, maybe you're just starting to get it. And we're like seeing them make the same mistakes over and over. There's a lack of focus. Am I missing something? Am I being too harsh on this team that is second in the division? Um, I didn't look at where they were in the conference, but they're 15 and eight, 15 and nine. They won 15 games. They're not even losing in, in overtime, which I'd wish at least like they're 15 four and four or something at least get some loser points in there but we should be i I feel like i should be much happier having watched as many games as i have and where they are in the standings but i'm i watch these games and i'm like i'm pissed off at this team outside of 10 minutes a game where they come back or whatever What's going on here? What am I? Am I missing something? What, what's happening? Uh, it's tough to like because last week we were pretty pessimistic, right? Yet, like I see where you're coming from. There are things that need to improve. However, we say that as they've won four of their last five, which was a pretty good response to losing in an un- uninspired fashion to you know the Dallas Stars a couple weekends ago. You know, so it, it's hard for me to sit here and and say, you know, this team is driving me crazy because there's also that factor of they're finding ways. And now, you know, there's another perspective to look at this as well. Um, and, and I and I look at the other team uh, in the in the metro and in the, in the tri-state area, even at the New York Rangers. And I say to myself. You know, look at how they how well they did last year versus how they're doing right now. And there are definite parallels, right? The Rangers were not good defensively last year. They're still not good defensively this year. Igor Shosturkin just played out of his mind. Um and and the Islanders are doing the same thing right now. Ilya Sorokin is playing out of this world goaltending in net right now. The defense has, like we said last week, sacrificed more than ever um, in the last five seasons because they're trying to, you know, accumulate more offense, which is 
happening. You know, they're they're closer to three goals a game now. Maybe is it over three goals a game? I'm I'm not sure. It might be closer to three goals at five on five. Um, that must be because they're pretty high. They're top ten scoring. Yeah. So I think you're league. right. I think you're right. Um, so that you know, they're they, which is something that we couldn't say last year, right? They were scoring two point seven nine goals per game. Uh, in 2021, 20, in, in 22, 23, now they're top 10 in scoring over three goals a game, which is, which is fantastic. You want to see that. However, you're right. There are, you know, plenty of stretches where you want to bang your head against the wall. But at the same time, you know, they, they have the goaltending. And that's what I wonder, right? Is this, is this what we have to get used to? Um, you know, if the key thing here in, in health persists for the Islanders in net, because they know they have, in my opinion, the best goaltending situation in the NHL. And they can sacrifice. They, they, can, they can just do that. Because they know Ilya Sorokin is going to bail them out. So do you continue to make those sacrifices to continue scoring over three goals a game? Because, you know, at one end of the ice, you might cheat a little bit. But guess what? Sorokin made that save and now you're cherry picking a little bit and have the open ice to go make a play two on one with Brock Nelson. You know that he's going to score. We can do that. You know, so it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to be frustrated when they've just won four of their last five. Now, do you want to see them lose to the Philadelphia flyers the way they did? No, but you know, the other thing I think about with the flyers and a team like the flyers, right? If they lost that way against, let's say uh, Chicago. Yeah. I'd probably be a little bit more worried, but the flyers have John Tortorella behind the bench. They are going to grind out 60 minutes. I think winning four of their last five and, and, you know, at least winning one in that weird home and home situation is less alarming. There are still some things that need to, obviously be ironed out here but i'm not as pessimistic on this team you know as as maybe you might be right now just because again i there are those things that are frustrating but if health persists with Ilya sorokin he's going to you know he, he's gonna bail them out i think that's I think I can see that. I'm looking beyond the wins. I'm looking when I'm watching this team win hockey games and they come back and all of that. I go, that was a shitty game. They didn't play well. Like I'm watching them like, yes, they they're able to kind of get some scoring and they're able, you know, and, and put it together. And I think that's I think that's great. In between all of that, though, it's not just the defense jumping into the play. I want to make sure I want to point that out in particular. That's not the problem. It's poor decision making at both blue lines continually. And I even screenshot it. I was going to mention it later. I didn't know where I was going to put it in. But you know, I I tweeted out those two pictures of Anthony Bavilia in the back check on the shorthanded goal uh that the Flyers scored on Monday night. Right? Monday night, Tuesday, whenever that was. Tuesday. Earlier this week. Tuesday night. We usually do this on Tuesday, so I'm all screwed up. Um, so I did the two screenshots and I'm watching them go back and it was a little bit of an odd man rush, but everyone had a guy. Walsham had a guy, Pulak had a guy, 
Bavillier had a guy. Walsham wasn't able to kind of wrap up the stick and there was able to be, uh, you know, the pass able to come to the center. I don't know who that player was that he was with. I don't know if they got a tip on that, whatever the case was. The puck's just lying there. Bavillier has Sandheim the entire way back. He's skating stride for stride with him. His stick's available. Sandheim doesn't have particularly good body position. Bavillier just turns away. The rebound is, you know, the shot's taken. I, I was trying to put this in terms of like a hockey coach and like what, what my coach would have said to me if we had like an iPad or something on the bench. He's like, you just, you just did a bus turn. You just did a flyby on that play. You just turned away. It's kind of like the opposite of when you're going in the offensive zone and there's a shot to the net and you don't stop at the side of the net or in front of the net after that shot's done and you kind of just like curl away instead of looking for the rebound. He like did the defensive zone version of that. There was a shot on net. He should be sticking with his player. It's a three on three. Pulak's trying to block the pass. It get it does get slowed up or it does make its way to the net. There's the, the puck's there. And Bivillatus turns away. That's bullshit. And that's the type of stuff that's happening every single game. That's not anything like, oh, well, it's the, it's the defense jumping into play or they're sacrificing. Uh, yeah, yeah, they had an, a little bit of an odd man rush, three and three, the other way, shorthanded. That's really not a big deal. They should have been able to handle that. You don't, the Strokin doesn't need to bail them out of it because it was a nothing play. It was an absolute nothing play. That's the stuff I'm talking about. Why the puck was even turned over to begin with. How, how did that even happen? It's just, I think I brought this up. I definitely wrote about it a few weeks ago at the Hockey Writers. The high risk, high reward. Dobson even mentioned that. There was one of the plays where he knocks it out of midair. It would have been a breakaway the other way. They're on the power play. It would have been, I believe the player just got out of the box. He knocks the puck down at the blue line. I think they go on to score on that play. And of course, just because Dobson's a machine this this year, you know, in the last 12 months, he's been incredible. Um, after a little bit of a slow start last season. He even mentioned it was, you know, like, yeah, you, you can really screw that stuff up. Sometimes it doesn't work. It worked. You know, and I get if that's what you're trying to do. It wouldn't have been mad if if it was like how Scott Mayfield's been, um, if it was really really sacrificing that Scott Mayfield sneaking down low, Sebastian Ajo has been very good at that. That's not what's happened. That's not necessarily what's leading to those goals. Those situations are fine. It's the other. It's the bad turnovers. It's not focusing and picking up a man in your own zone. And I I. I, I want to bring it back to you, but maybe I'll, I'll, I'll rephrase this question. As I was doing the notes, I even thought of another way to look at this too. Am I just too used to still how Trotz structured this team and how militant they were in certain things, and now I'm seeing them act a little loosey-goosey? And maybe it's an overcorrection, but yeah. is it is it much more of a shock to my system when I'm watching these games that they are this way because of the way that we were used to seeing them. And I, I do want to make an extra note before you answer. Um, this isn't to say that under the trot system, they were perfect the entire time. We watched them go through stretches, even during their quote, good seasons 
where they were really bad, like yeah. really bad. And I don't think I was saying then what I would have, what I'm saying now either. They were bad. They were losing games. Now they're bad. They're winning games. That leads me to the uh, a sustainability question, which is a different thing. <laughs> but I'll let you answer. Is this yeah. overcorrection a little bit of a shock to my system or other fans that are watching? You know, it, it, it might be just because we're not used to it, right? And and you know what, too? You might have a little bit of the Doug Waite hangover, right? It was so bad with Doug Waite. All offense, zero defense. And that you're... was so long ago. Can we just stop and think about that? How well, long well, ago that was at this point? It was. I'm just saying in general, like just from a fan perspective of like. Yes. To whatever that yes. was. 17, 18. 17, 18. Right. Yep. Right, like Can you that's a million it? years ago. It doesn't ago. feel that long ago, but it, it also feels very long ago. They but that might be a little bit might be a little bit that, of Doug Wade hangover. Right? It it is nuts. But just stay with me here, right? He was only two coaches ago. That's kind of crazy. He was only two coaches ago. And you know, you went from this all offense, no defense to this all defense, no offense to now Lane Lambert, who's trying to find that middle ground. And he's done a pretty decent job so far of doing that. And, and you know what? I'm not giving him enough credit. I think he's done a good job so far because, again, the Islanders are scoring over three goals a game. They're not giving up, um, you know, the almost under two goals a game that they used to. But they're at 239. I, I think that's important. And I do want to point out Varlamov's numbers. He's bounced back. He, Which he's was five one of your three, points. That... 9-16. Oh, the, the key yeah. to this season was that he needed to be... Look, they're doing, um, you know, two and one. Sorokin's playing two. Varlamov's getting one. There's a bunch of Which back-to-backs this month. Yeah, but the, a key to this season was Varlamov switching his numbers from last year. Right. Um, whatever it was. Some ridiculous thing. that He, he, needed, to, he needed to reverse them. I had it at the top of my head for for a while. But he has a nine sixteen and a two eighty four. The goals against not great, but the save percentage is good, and that's probably a better you know. In the games they're losing, they're losing. In some of these games, that five goals against you know is is probably not or four or whatever it was, probably not helping his numbers. Um, he's been in net. Both goalies have been in net for some stinkers, but either way. Um, He's played better. And, and, and I think you're right. Lambert has unlocked something. Um, do, you, do they need more structure, though? Like something. Like, is there it's, not a middle ground, but like a little bit back towards what it was? Because they seem just unfocused. It's, it's. So I look at, I'm looking at the top of the league, right? The standings right now. Boston, I don't understand how we all picked them to regress this year. I, I guess I do understand. We Because we saw the injuries and we said, they're in trouble. They're the best team in hockey right now. They play an incredibly good structure under Jim Montgomery. They're getting incredibly good goaltending, though. They have an excellent blue line, which I would argue is better than the Islanders. Well, not argue. I think it is better than the Islanders' blue line. Um, and they have, you know, that perfection line is back together. They have David Krejci's back in the mix. Um, some of their youth, like Jake DeBrusque, is, is thriving under new coach. Um, you know, so they have a little bit of everything, right? 
they have Pasternak who could score you 30 goals. Uh, I'm sorry, 40 goals, maybe even 50 if he keeps it up at this rate. Um, they have Patrice Bergeron, who's the, the perfect player. Let's just be real and call him the perfect player. They have Brad Marchand. They, they have the structure the Islanders need needed last year with Barry Trotz with the star power, right? That's, I think, the crux of it. Then you look at everybody after that, right? You have New Jersey, very fast running gun style. Vegas, fast running gun style. Toronto, fast running gun style. Started watching a little bit of Seattle, which, by the way, did you see that 9-8 game the other night or last night? Very fast. Crazy. Very fast run gun style. Dallas is a Boston light, in my opinion. Some resurgences from Jamie Benn. Tyler Sagan, plus they have Jason Robertson, who might be the most underrated player in the NHL right now because he's neck and neck with Connor McDavid for scoring. Um, you know, so they're they're a Boston light in my opinion. And then you have the Islanders, seventh. Um, and then after that, you you look at Winnipeg, very fast running gun. Carolina, fast running gun. Uh, Los Angeles, running gun. Tampa, running. You, you see my point here. The NHL is evolving to this faster more offensive game with a little bit less structure defensively. um, The Bruins perfected it only because they have the star power to do so. The stars are doing really well with it too, but the Islanders are neck and neck with them. I think that there is a middle ground being met, which is kudos to, um, or or I should say in, in different terms, um, which is a testament to Lane Lambert's uh, uh, system and, and how he's kind of tried to find this middle ground. But I, I don't, I understand the, the hesitation to believe that this can persist in a, you know, a sense that they'll make it to March, still be in the playoff picture, you know, make that trade that's necessary for them if they do. Um, I understand the hesitancy to believe that this is going to continue, continue to work but most of the teams are playing this way, right? That was one of the things that sold, you know, Matthew Barzell on a coaching change. He said it himself. Look at the Colorados of this league. They're playing this style of game. We need to play that but are they, too. But are they making the mistakes that the Islanders are? I'm, and I am trying to watch more games so that maybe I'm not as critical. I think, I think I'm just watching elementary mistakes. I'm, I'm, I, I, this isn't, you know, when I used to well, coach. Well, I think, I think they are. I think they are. Look at look at the 9-8 game between Seattle and LA, both who are within the top 10 of the NHL right now. You think, th- yeah, you think there were no mistakes in that? Are, I mean, they were making Yeah, I don't know that I would consider game. I I think if it was a Vegas Boston game or Colorado Dallas or something where it was, you know, definitely some higher caliber teams, I'd put a little more weight on that. Seattle and LA LA doesn't have goaltending. That does not surprise me that they got lit up. Um, Seattle has, you know, like they finally got some scoring. They, they're nothing to write home about on the back end, even even well, they're, they're, including the goaltending. Like they're starting to look better. I don't know like, that Martin that's the Jones best example. Is having, Martin Jones having an excellent comeback season, like an excellent. I don't know if you've seen his numbers. He's having a great year. Um, Jonathan Quick playing terribly my, my point is is that you know i look at these teams and i see the styles that they play very few 
it's Boston, it's Dallas who are playing these structures that you're looking for. Um, it's the Islanders who have lifted the foot off of the break a little bit, but not completely. And then everybody else isn't really playing like that. Like it, it's, it's just a different game now. And, and I think that's, a, you know, not that I agree with it, but I think that's the reason why, you know, many thought at the end of last season, the game is passing trots a little bit because his system isn't working anymore. Now, there's a whole nother argument for that, right? No, again, not saying that that's what I believe, but there's a whole nother argument for that as to whether that was his fault or the schedule and the injuries and the COVID, blah, blah, blah. But that was what some were saying. I mean, enough. It's true enough that Lamorello saw something or whatever that conversation was between the two. Cross yeah. is no longer now, the coach for some well, for whatever reason. Even if he now, just was a third of it. It was COVID, the schedule, and trots. Um, Lamarillo controlled the thing he can tr- could control. And yeah. said, this team needs, you know, before I start ripping the roster apart, because we need more offense, let me change how the coach is looking at it and deploying players. I I think, yeah, and I wish I had said that at the time, because that's, that's pretty, that's pretty damn good analysis of it. But <laughs> if, I, if I do so say so myself, but I, I think if that's if that was the perspective, if Lamarell had kind of come out and said, "I want to, I want, I want to squeeze more out of this existing roster before I start ripping it apart," I, I think that's fine. Who's going to argue with that, right? And then you know, fast forward to now, uh, more than a quarter way through the season, um, teams by December first that are in there in a playoff position, I think there's like a seventy something percent. I want to dare I say seventy five percent chance that they make the playoffs, um, and that's good. Right, I, I think I, my hope any, is anyway that when they do make the playoffs, that they do lock it down a little bit more, that they that they are a little bit more structured, they do get back to that uh, a little bit more, and then also find a way to continue to score, right? Because that that was you know they're one goal short, or they were you know a couple goals short in a game six, one goal short, a shorthanded goal, go figure in. Um, in a game seven, like they were there. Um, and now with Romanov um, and, and Mayfield, that's definitely like, I do want to talk about the defensive pairings and, and how that's shifted and um, how that's just looked really good for this team. Um, but like they're, they're finding ways to do it. I, I, they are really thin up front, but some of those are on, like not even the real issues. Right, I don't need Bavillier and Bailey to score goals. Like that's not even the problem. It's really just in their own zone. Again, that's a Bavillier who has five goals on the season so far, and that's not bad. A bunch of players have five or more goals so far. Can't believe Nelson has eleven. Um, a, a bunch of players are at or just below a point per game. Like that's incredible. That's great. Um, the injuries are catching up. I, I that's uh, again. Lambert hasn't been afraid to shorten the bench and, and try some different things late in games and, and all that kind of stuff. I think it's, I think it's what you would expect, but even the players he's putting out there sometimes like it's sometimes it's just not working. Yeah. Players running around. Um, 
it's it's like under a new coach that the the players forgot the I don't even want to say structure, but like the basics. I don't I really don't think in other games that I've watched that there's this many mistakes. And I hate to just harp on this. But like I, I I really just don't see that those mistakes happening where it's like turnover after turnover after missed assignment. Like I I don't know. Well, I feel here's like the other crazy. thing I think too. I, I feel like, you know, in, in this system that is trying to be implemented and is, is kind of working and everything, I, I look at, you know, the other elite teams in the NHL, like I said, Colorado, New Jersey, Vegas, Boston, and they have, they, they lack, and, and at the risk of sounding like a broken record, they they have a certain, or, or they lack a certain speed. Uh, the Islanders lack a speed. The Islanders lack a certain speed that you know colorado new jersey vegas like those teams have for instance like oh, i watch have you seen of... mckinnon skate yeah Sorry, he like, hates the thought. ice Holy no he shit. it's he hates the ice like he destroys it with his skates it's crazy how he skates yeah. like a certain anger in his skating which is i don't know tragically beautiful i love it <laughs> but mcdavid is so fast and like for a yes. different reason like barzell's fast for a different reason i was flipping between games last night the the colorado game that was on I forget who they were playing already and i've just i've never seen somebody just get through the neutral zone in like three strides like that and and just like right. he's a mutant out there it's it's insane yeah right and so like that's the thing though like you know, the Islanders have Barzell. And then, you know, and the thing is, too, it's not just the foot speed, but I watch some of the cycles in the offensive zone, even on the power play. I don't see enough movement with and without the puck. I don't see enough urgency to get the puck to the net. It's almost like they're looking for the perfect pass and the perfect shot at all times rather than just getting as many pucks on net as possible. And, and I totally understand the argument of quality versus quantity. But there's not enough of an urgency to, you know, get get that pass off of your tape right away, right? That pass is coming to you. Get that shot on net, right? Oh, 100%. Make, I, that make, urgency, energy, and um, yes, 100%. I, I couldn't. You got you have, They have to think quicker on their feet where they're passing, you know, make a few passes and then get a shot off, right? Instead of doing the, the, the thing that they do so often that frustrates me is they'll carry the puck into the zone. They'll set up to cycle. And then Matthew Barzell will skate along the wall with the puck for 15 seconds, look for the perfect pass and lose possession of the puck. And it's going the other way. Oh, oh my God. They, that it's, I said that last week. It's just, it's, it's so, so how, how to talk about a player as good as Barzell and go like, dude, like it's I, not just I, him. I, I, it's Am Brock I Nelson too much. It's yes. It's I a hundred. That's a really good point. They're they're dusting the puck off to the point where it's it's you know losing with like it's it's, it's going into right. nothing on the ice. So they're and, they're missing that killer yeah, instinct to they're missing that killer instinct to cycle the puck at a fast pace in the offensive zone. They're still scoring goals, right? I think a lot of the goals they're scoring, and I I, I want to do the research on this. I'm going to look into it. They're not scoring. Uh, I'm sorry. They're scoring a lot of goals off the rush, um, but in terms of setting up in the in the offensive zone and cycling the puck and and 
moving defenders out of position and creating those shooting lanes. They're not doing that a ton. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of the goals are coming from defensemen, which is nice to see, Um, you know, Dobson has a really good knack for getting pucks on net and through lanes. Um, You're starting to see that, um, you know, with a couple of the other defensemen as well now, but, you know, again, just it's that setting up in the offensive zone. Like, I, I don't the way I see it happen with, you know, um, e- even the Buffalo Sabres. I saw it happen with, you know, just a couple nights ago where Tage Thompson had the puck on the wall, passed it to the point. Pa- you know, uh, I, I think it was Dallin passed it over to, you know, whoever was on the right wall. And then from the right wall, they tried to make that cross ice pass to Thompson back on the left wall because they were able to by moving the puck around so much at, a, at in, in quick, 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 that it moved defenders out of position. Tage Thompson found himself available on the, on the left wall for a one timer and they scored. That doesn't happen for the Islanders. Right. And they're too predictable too. I think right. that's what's and, happening as well. So like they're not only is the speed, unless it's perfect. And last night they were, they followed the puck and it looked like, remember the band him or like, weird anagram heart thing it looked like that the way they were just they moving the puck around it was like a perfect little square with an x through it like they had just moved it in 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 such a way and if it doesn't work like that it's it's either blocked or turned over but they're like waiting to be able to do that before they even shoot the puck so they're they're not there's definitely not enough urgency i love that they're not doing it with enough speed so not foot speed not mckinnon barzell foot speed but literally moving the puck around correct um and 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 they're they're just much too predictable so i I think those that those are three three things and it would lead to less turnovers right i think doing it too quickly you can definitely screw it up but like that's the puck going to the wall they're talking about like the power play but even like worst case scenario you're putting it behind the net the opposing team's net like I think I think you're 100 right. I think that's a huge part of their offensive zone woes. Yeah. Anyway, and, and you know, uh, again, I, I say this with the caveat of of sounding like a broken record at that risk, but you know, part of the reason why I think that is, and look, credit to Lamorello for for not making a bad trade this summer, um, and you know, just doing something for the sake of doing something and sticking with his team, who we thought could, you know, still compete. They're proving that they can. There are still mistakes. But again, Barzell and and you could argue Nelson are the only quote unquote stars. Now, I still don't. I love Brock Nelson. He's an excellent goal scorer. He's an elite goal scorer. I don't know that he's an elite player. You look at, again, Boston. They have like 17 elite players. They have Marchand. They have Bergeron. They have a whole line. The, the Devils, Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, Jesper Bratt, the 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 Vegas Golden Knights, Jack Eichel, Mark Stone, Alex Petrangelo, Toronto. We know who they are. Seattle, um, not not a good enough example yet, in my opinion, with superstars. But Dallas, Jason Robertson, Rupe Hints, um, Jamie Ben is getting back to his elite status. Tyler Sagan, like Miro Heiskanen, the these teams that are doing so well at the top of the league are also doing this well because they have the star power who have these high IQs to make these fast plays, these fast interactions happen. And this was something we said last week was Barzell has it. 
But when he's not equipped with the right line mates, he's in the offensive zone by himself with no one to pass the puck to. If he or was, he's overthinking. Now, I think or that's he's a overthinking. Big part of it. But I think I think, I think he's it, overthinking. That's how he turns it over. Well, but I think he's overthinking because he's overcompensating because he's not compensated enough himself, right? He's oh, not. I, I agree provided. with that. It's like Tavares used to do. This is why, and I get this: the the sample is very small. But this is why, when he played on the right wing of Brock Nelson and Anders Lee, it was perfect. I think Nelson has the ability to think on that level. Lee is a perfect complementary player, I think, to that trio. If they were able to I don't, either figure out, one, how to get a winger for Barzell, or two, how to get Barzell on that wing and fill that center position that he'd be leaving, I think they'd be much more well-off. And that's that's all this team needs. Like. I, I get it. I tweeted out the other day, you know, what Marek and, and, and Friedman were talking about and possibly acquiring a defender. I don't know what that thought process is because look at how well, and we'll talk about this, Sebastian Ajo is playing. The defense is pretty. It's That's pretty the wrong deep. move. It's the, not the move. It, it hasn't been the move for a while. If they got well, Romanov. I mean, he's, just... he's doing fine. It, Again, it, it's, it mostly mostly invisible in a good way. He's throwing some big hits and whatever, but yeah. he's not. He's he's just kind of like him and Mayfield. Uh, we're going to talk about the pairings later. Are just like good enough, and yeah. not not having a million goals scored against them, like any third pairing is supposed to do. It's fine. Like they're fine, and that's that's really good enough. I do. Um, I want us to step away for one second. And, and take a quick break. And then I do want to talk about the offense. The injuries adding up and different things. Where do we go from here? Maybe some trade talk, just because I, that usually is how that goes. Um, and it's where I think you're pointing. So we're going to step away really quickly, and, uh, and we'll be right back. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pre-game money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement for you, you can turn smaller bets into bigger ones with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So the the injury bug hit the Islanders. Josh yes. Bailey out right after warm-ups um, against the Flyers earlier this week. Kyle Palmieri is already out, and then Cal Clutterbuck goes down during the game. Johnson is very clearly not an everyday player. And I think upon, um, and, and you and I are texting before the game, before we knew about Bailey um, being a, a late uh, injured scratch and not a healthy scratch, that this was not the move by Lambert. At least that's what I was saying. It, regardless of the, you know, the fighting and the this and that, like, you know, if they're going to lose the game, I don't really care if you won the game in the first 10 seconds, literally the first 10 seconds of the game on the toughness level. You have to be able to win it the actual rest of the game, the 59 minutes and 10 and and uh, 50 seconds or what really matters. Turns out Bailey wasn't available. That's why Johnson goes in. 
Palmier is still not available. Then Clutterbuck goes down. The bench gets shortened because they're losing. They don't have the bodies. The lines start getting all mashed. Um, depending on how things go between now and and Friday, because um, I believe they're at home on Friday. Am I making that up? No, they are. So it's a little bit easier. Bridgeport's closer closer to, to, to Long Island than you know if they were on the road or something. Um, do you think a call up is coming? Um, you know, Holmstrom is is available in, in the long term. Um, they do have twenty three. Like I think they would still need a player to go on LTIR. They could if if Palmieri doesn't come back, they could retroactively do that and open up a roster spot. Um, Holmstrom is available. Um, he's only played four games, but he's waivers exempt. Do you think there's a possibility? Like, who knows what Clutterbuck's injury is? I would hate yeah. to see Johnston in the lineup. Um, so if Clutterbuck's down, I guess a roster spot might open. But then I'm I'm willing to bet that means Sashnikov's coming back. Um, they don't seem afraid to wave him. Tell me the thing that I think Islander fans want to hear about a call up. So if there's a, if there's a roster spot open, who do we want to come up from Bridgeport, and who do you actually think will come up, depending on who's out? So if you if you qualify again, a Clutterbuck's out, a Stashnikov actually would would likely come in, but Palmieri and Bailey long term, even just long enough to be on LTIR for whatever it is, fourteen days, opening up a roster spot. Is there someone that we, you know, can keep our hopes up for? Well, look who's not playing for Bridgeport tonight. And there's no inclination that this player was injured. Aturatu is a scratch tonight. He's not in he's not in the lineup. Could we be seeing another NHL debut this week on Friday? So by the time you're hearing or... this, he may be on the ice for Islanders practice on Thursday. He what? So if he if this is we're recording on Wednesday, the, the the Bridgeport Islanders are playing tonight. Oh oh oh. Ratu's a healthy scratch. So by the time you're hearing this on Thursday, you may all have already seen the news. Right. Okay. Um, that Ratu is at an island, a New York Islanders practice. If that's um, what happens on Long Island, if that's what happens. Right. That's that's yeah, sorry. I I confused the Islanders that you were talking about. I thought you were talking about Bridgeport, and I was like, wait a minute. But um, no, it's yeah, like so they could have avoided that somehow. It's it's almost like they could have just not <laughs> had that happen, so it would have made it easier. But far be it from um, us to name. A yeah, team. yeah. Um, so, but that could be your answer, right? Um, I wonder how much of this has to do with the fact that he plays with Holmstrom in Bridgeport, uh, because. Holmstrom's look pretty good, right? He doesn't look like he doesn't belong. Um, and even he's not Lambert went the world as... on fire, but he's not making mistakes. And I think no, that's... and that's the thing. Lambert even went as far as to say that the little things that he does is really it looks really good. Like he likes he's what he's thing, seeing. Yeah. You know, he made that really nice play along the wall that helped lead to a rush and that um, you know helped you know get his first NHL point on a secondary assist. I, I like what I've seen from Holmstrom. You know, and, and I wonder how much that 
possibly affects the call up. Now, I don't know if those two are going to play together if Ratu does get the call. But um, at the same time, you know, Lou Lamorello acknowledged in his uh, preseason or, or at the end of the preseason that I might have been wrong about the timetable for this kid and, and for William DeFore. I might have been wrong about that. And and this could be what happens, right? There hasn't really been any word um, after, you know, it was tweeted out earlier by uh, Michael Fornabayo, who covers the Bridgeport uh, Islanders, that, you know, there was an injury or something to Aturatu. Usually we find out those things pretty quickly after the lineups are announced. So the fact that that was three hours ago and they're in the third period right now and um, no update on Ratu, I I, I would bet by the end of the, the, the night tonight and into tomorrow morning early, like by 8 a.m., if we don't hear anything about Ratu, you could assume that, you know, when the Islanders the ice at 11 or 12 o'clock, whenever they do, Ratu could be out there. You know, look how sneaky they were about Holmstrom. We didn't know he was recalled until he stepped on the ice for his solo lap. So, you know, yeah. it would not it would not surprise me if Ratu has been recalled. And I think it's because, you know, again, too, that maybe they want him to get his feet wet, but maybe they like what they're seeing in, in Bridgeport. And um, it could just be one of those cool things, too, where, you know, don't get your hopes up, don't put the cart before the horse or anything like that, but... You know, these are these are the moments where, you know, sometimes these young players just burst onto the scene. Maybe this is a little bit of an injection that they might need uh, to play a bit of a faster pace and do those things that we were talking about earlier. So um, I think that's, uh, you know, I don't think that was going to be someone like Wallstrom. I think we were right. hoping that he would just set the world on fire with with a ton of goals. And um, he does have six and 23 games, so it's not like. Something like 20 is not out of the question at this point. Um, even 25, I don't, I'm not good at uh, figuring out what, what a player's goal pace is, but, um, you know, a quarter of the way through the season, 82 games, blah, blah, blah. You're looking at maybe like he ends the season with 21 goals. Um, and that'd be really great for this team. Um, if everyone yeah. else can kind of be in the same boat, if imagine the Islanders had five, six, seven, 20 goal scorers. Yeah, that would be, be incredible great. heading in, he, into the playoffs. But a player like Ratu can definitely come in and, and just kind of be a, a different injection. Simon Holstrom is a safe bet, right? Is the better um, or has the potential to be a better Kiefer Bellows, um, who didn't look particularly good um, and has not no. exactly gotten a bunch of high praise from um, his new coach, John Tortorella. So not Simon Holstrom do. definitely has a potentially, yeah, not many do. Um, not on this current squad at the Flyers have anyway. But Holstrom at least has the ability to be a better player. He's younger. Um, he's obviously not making that many mistakes. He's he's playing with, um, you know, Walsham, who's who's kind of like now been around for going on two seasons, um, and has you know. Uh, is a very, very good offensive player. He's a little one-dimensional, and that's fine, although he's fought, which is nice. He ragdolled D'Angelo. I don't want to over... Uh, I don't want to bury that in uh, in the rest of our conversation. Um, but Rod, can come in. I That'd be great. I mean, I think that's what people are hoping, right? You can 
kind of mix him, throw him in the third line, kind of protect him a little bit as far as the, the matchups are concerned. Have him with very, you know, a Peugeot, even keep him with Parise, um, responsible veterans in the defensive zone. Kind of let him do his thing. Is he a winger or a center? Razu? Right. He's a yes. center. But I, I imagine not, he'd be on the wing. I mean, I would imagine he'd be on the wing too. But are they going to maybe, I don't know, put that line together? <laughs> they could. I mean, that would be a lot of responsibility. I imagine you'd be like 3C with with somebody. I think it also matters. Is Clutterbuck out too? Um, right. No, I, I, I joke. Like if it's I do two forwards, that... it, it's, I think it's difficult depending on who's out. You know, yeah, I, who, I do joke. Call up how many roster spots are you talking about? Blah blah blah. I I honestly think that the best path for a young center who's developing still like Ratu is to start them on the wing and then transition them back to the center role when they're ready for like a full time uh, gig there. Right? Far too many times have I seen in the NHL, and I think of Jesper Kok in the Emmy, and maybe a little bit of Kirby Docks. Um, introduction into the NHL as a center at such a young age, sometimes or, or a lot of times it doesn't age well. I think that if they start Ratu on the wing and get him acclimated to the pace and, and to the size um, and to the skill of the NHL, that would be best suited for him. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how the deployment works if this is what's happening. But um, just a quick note on Oliver Wallstrom. He's on pace for 21 goals and 42 points this year. Yeah, it's a, yeah I made a very good guess then. I said 21 goals would be great. So yeah. um, I love that. That'd be, that'd be great. I don't think that's like first line material. I think for the Islanders, that's good. It probably means a lot of players around him are, are getting more points. Um, he could stand to score on the power play more. Well, He's he could stand to also be this summer. put on the power play more. This this season, that's fair. Um, they ha- power play has been working. Um, Peugeot has f- um, four power play, four power play goals. Um, Parise's stepped up. He, he's he's scoring like a machine. He's at seven goals this season. Yeah. He could he could have twenty goals. Um, well, he's on pace for. Hang on, as I pull it up. You're doing a math machine over there. He's on pace for 24. No, so new um new feature on uh, Elite Prospects tells you what they're projected to score at uh, over 82 games in a season. Um, at the bottom of their statistics, and uh, so if you just pull up the player, Zach Parise is on pace for 24 goals and 38 points, which at 38 years old, good for him. No adoption. Yeah, that's incredible. On the same goal scoring pace, he's on he's on pace for twenty four goals, and I'm laughing because that's that's ridiculous for for Noah Dobson. I mean, like we're we're, we're seeing what Eric Carlson's doing in like his resurgent season this year, which is insane. Um, but for a guy like Noah Dobson, who is you know still fairly new to this NHL. 24 goals and 55 points. That's his pace right now. Love that. 
Yeah, that's um I was trying to look up who the last uh Islander to Islander defenseman to score twenty goals in the season. I imagine it's Berard. Um I, I can't think anyone yeah. since then. Um that's a maybe Mark Strite. Yeah, maybe like a Mark Strite. Um, but maybe he, he had close to that, but maybe it was like fifteen or whatever. Um but there really hasn't been any other defenseman that I can think of in between that that would have gotten close to that. So that'd be kind of incredible. Um, you'd have an, a great eighteen months uh, of of Islander hockey for for Noah Dobson, uh, and that's a really good segue, I think, into the the new defensive pairings. Um, what do you think of Dobson Romanov? Uh, Mayfield Romanov, sorry. Mayfield Romanov and Dobson Aho so far. Yeah, so um I'm just <laughs> sorry, you have me interested in the last uh Islander defenseman to score 20 goals in a season, and it was Dennis Potman. <laughs> no. I I I I think it was. I'm looking it up now. Last Islander on StatMuse, unless it's just not filtering the right way. It, it was no Brian Berard didn't. Yeah, so it was Dennis Potvin in eighty five, eighty six with twenty one, and like also the only Islander defenseman to score twenty or more goals. Look Yikes. at that. Yeah. So, anyway, what was the question? Sorry. New defense pairings. Mayfield, oh, right. Romano, um, Dobson, Aho. What do you think? Yeah, so this one says two things to me, I think. Um, you know, I, Mayfield has proven that he's a re- reliable veteran presence on the blue line for the Islanders um, who can play with someone who's still relatively new to the system. And that's why he's paired with Romanov and they, you know, are happily um, – or, or I should say they're pleased with with how – you know, sound he is back there and, and, you know, doesn't make a ton of mistakes, just does his job. And, you know, they're not afraid to put someone who's new with him, like in Romanov, who's still learning the system. On the flip side of that, Sebastian Ajo moves up. And that says to me, well, we're pleased with his development. Um, you know, he's a, he's a puck mover, which this system calls for. Um, I think Ajo's proven that he is a late bloomer or he was a late bloomer. And and maybe it was just because of the system and this system works much more in his favor. Um, but like I said, he's a puck mover and, and this system calls for that right now. And it's a perfect fit for him. Um, and he's getting the chance to play with Dobson, which says a lot about him um, and a lot of, a lot about how Lambert feels about him. Like he can really move. Um, one of the few on the Islanders who can really, really move with that foot speed. And, you know, I I wonder if this whole time, if it was just a systems thing, right? If that defensive, hardcore defensive system just wasn't for his play style. Um, and, and I, you know, that leads me to wonder, and I'm having a Jeff Merrick moment here, but that just leads me to wonder how many great players we might have missed out on just because they were not put in the right situation at the right time. I, th- I think there's something there. Yeah, I think that's I think that's always a possibility. Um, I, I do like I do like the pairings. I think 
Aho playing with somebody more offensive in Dobson is is working. I think he's able to see and learn from that. I think there was great Kerr's article. I think we spoke about this about how Aho is learning when to jump into plays and when to when to have those moments. And he's he's been much better. Um, I don't know if you were able to watch the game last night, but Aho has some wheels. He got back on a on a particular play. I can't remember if it was on the power play or either end of a power play or something, but he beat out three flyers from across the ice. And yeah. I was trying to find a video on it. I, I it wasn't anything of substance. Like it wasn't like right before and after a goal or something like that. So there wasn't like there was some it was on like a highlight pack or something, but unless I missed it, but I, I like seeing that out of him. I like seeing that speed. I think the two of them work really well. And I think the two big bodies in Mayfield and Romanov are working. So like I I I, I think it's I think it's a good fit all around. Um could just be everything kind of aligning, like you said, right systems, right, right D partner, and, and the chemistry's working. Um there was a stat where Romanov and Mayfield hadn't been on for a goal against since being put together, like during the win streak. Um Islanders were undefeated since having done it other than the other night. And they may still not have been on the ice for a goal against, um, which is not what you would expect. I don't think that we were expecting that pairing to be together for sure. Um, but it's definitely, it's definitely working. Um, so we can't complain. Um, you had a comment about Barzell and I, I kind of want to end on that. Um, Barzell breaks the goal drought in November. He gets two yeah. in one game in the, in the loss of Dallas. That was some time ago. We covered that. Continues racking up the assists. Is it fair to still want more from him? I, we've kind of been a little hard on him this episode, and I was a little hard on him last week too. Um, but is there, you know, should we, can we expect more from him? Well, I, I think there is more from him, and I don't think that it's for a lack of trying. And, and I want to make this point. Last week we were pessimistic on him and you know thanks to kevin kurz who always provides great content my eyes were open a little bit wider and and we can dive into it right here you know someone had submitted a question to him about you know whether or not matthew barzell or or bet on matthew barzell to score 20 goals this season was still a good bet um and as i try to find it here yeah and so he makes some really good points um According to Money Puck, Barzell had 5.8 expected goals through the first 20 games, which is more than the two that he actually scored um, in a full season that projects him at 23 or 24 goals over the year. Um, if he matches that projected pace over the final 62 games, that's about 17 and a half more goals than what he has now with his two. So you're at about 19 and a half goals, which puts him right near the 20 mark. Um, headed into Tuesday of this week, there were 120 forwards with at least 40 shots on goal. Barzell's 3.9 shots, uh, 3.9 shooting percentage placed him 116th out of that group. Um, it suggests that he's been a victim of bad luck because he's taking plenty of shots. Like he's shooting, I think, over three pucks a game. So that's a lot for him. And, you know, he's not going to be a Vetchkin who shoots, you know, seven or eight or, you know, Kachuk who shoots, you know, eight or, or, or McKinnon who shoots eight a game, but three is more than what he 
you know, averaged per game ever. You know, he's he's largely been a two shot, one and a half shot guy a game. He's he's a, a distributor at heart, but you know, he he was again that expected goals through the first you know quarter mark was you know five point eight goals. Obviously, he only got the two, um, but it suggested that he was just a victim of bad luck, and he hasn't really changed or or um, you know shied away from from that game. He's still playing that that style of game. Look, he's second in the league in assists right now. That's a big deal. It's a bigger deal than I think we've made it out to be, right? The only guy who's better than him is Nikita freaking Kucherov. So that that's important. He's that says to me he's elevating other other players around him, right? Whether yeah, it be but Dobson, I think who's... I I I think the goal scoring thing is important though. The good players, even if they rack up the assists, even the Joe Thorntons, no, of the you're, world, you're right. Are still scoring but, twenty to thirty goals a season on their own. No, no, you're right. But I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is that I think he's just been more unlucky than he has been effective. You know, there's been a couple posts. There's been, um, you know, obviously some shots he's passed up on. Um, he's missed. You the know, net. we'll, we'll, right. He's missed the net. We'll, we'll analyze those into oblivion. But the, the fact of the matter is that he still had 5.8 expected through the first quarter mark, which brings him to about 20 on the year. Um, and he, if he keeps that pace of the 5.8 expected, he'll finish through the 62 remaining, or now I think it's 61 remaining, with about 17 and a half goals, which will put him near the 20 goal mark. If he finishes this year with 20 goals and let's say for argument's sake, 80 assists, are you upset? No, that's where I expect him to be. So, and I think that's that's po- very possible. And I don't I, know about I eighty that... assists. That's kind of crazy, but I, I think um, just because it's been so long since the Islanders been even sniffed a hundred points, um, forget about fifty assists or something like that. I think it's been a really long time. Um, that would be amazing. I mean, for for him to just kind of beat that eighty-five point mark and maybe hit in the nineties would be great. Um, but yeah, eighty he's assists on, and twenty goals. Is, he's on pace for is, he's on pace for seven goals and eighty-two assists. I think that that goal scoring, um, I think the goals are gonna are gonna uptick, and I don't know. Maybe that means that the assists start creeping down a little bit more. But he's on pace for. <laughs> One assist per game. <laughs> yeah, and that's, I mean, if the Islanders can find help somewhere, if, if they do actually make a trade or they call somebody up and it it just it blows up in a good way, um, yeah, I mean, I guess that works. I think you still want more out of them, but if they're winning hockey games at the end of the day, I, that's fine. Um, it you'll hasn't always more, felt good, but... You'll get more out of him when you equip him with the necessary parts. Oh, I, I don't disagree with that. I think I'm just, I think when they were on a little bit of a losing streak earlier this season, I had mentioned that help isn't coming, right? We have to operate um, as a fan base, as whatever we are um, for the Islanders, like podcast writer people uh, help isn't coming. We're not like, you know, we, we can't bank on a trade. I don't, I, you know, frankly, I don't really care who says it. 
love 32 thoughts and Jeff and all like, Oh, that's great. Elliot's obviously very good at his job. It's just not worth trying to speculate on that. I don't care if it's for Chikrin or Timo Meyer or Bo Horvat or whatever. I just, I, I'm trying to operate that it's just not happening. So I'm trying to look for more out of what's already there. Yeah. The easy answer is that they make a trade. I think it's just easier to say that than, um, it is to actually get it done. Um, right. So we'll, we, it's a little bit of wait and see. I have more hope in that somebody can come up from Bridgeport and try at Dufour or Ratu or whatever can come up and make an attempt at that. It's just not, um, it's just not Lemuel's way. And I hope you're right. I hope that quote that he, that he said um, at camp that they were a little further along than he thought would, is, would come to fruition at some point and maybe he gives them a shot. Um, they're giving someone like Holstrom a shot and he didn't, he wasn't lighting it up in Bridgeport either, but he had five points in the season. Like it wasn't crazy when he came yeah. up. And, and you so, know, one, one last thing too, about these, uh, you know, call, the one call up in the possible second one. Um, and this is just me speculating here, but who's not to say that these aren't auditions for other teams to see what these kids are made of. I mean, yeah, I think definitely heavy speculation. Um, you can't, I think that's the problem with some of what's happening. Like a Bailey, um, you know, once you start sitting a player like that, you're pretty much saying you've given up, which is why Bavillier hasn't also been finding the press box a whole bunch. You, you can't just say you've given up on him. And he's got five goals in the season. It's not like that's. You know, he, he could he's on pace for something in the low twenties. Like that's not bad. I just think forty points for you know the million dollars a point per season for Bavillier. Like that's just not what you should be doing. Like that's very very expensive, especially when you have a guy like Parise, um, at a hundred thousand dollars a point. Um, you know you can't you can't bank on that, but he's not supposed to. That's that's supposed to be the gravy. That third line, the the P3 line, is like car- helping carry the offense. And that's great. But like when they slow down, which they will, you need other players to step up. And it can't just be Bavillier scores a great overtime goal and one other goal and then is asleep until January. That, that just can't be a thing. Um, right. So that's why like you, you just can't call players up and sit them. Because then you can't do anything. Bavillier has another year left. Bailey has another year left. If you want to move those contracts, you need to play them. They need to do well. They need to be somewhat of an asset, but they're way less of one sitting. Agreed. And they don't have the roster space. They literally they don't have the room. So they, they've, they're in a weird position. Another reason to be like, it's way harder to make a trade in this league or the GMs make it harder than it, maybe it needs to be. Um, they sometimes they materialize out of thin air. Sometimes it takes a million years. Um, they have to op- just operate under the guys that what they have is what they have. And maybe they make a call up when someone gets injured and they, you know, uh, lightning strikes and they, they're able to capture it and, and really, really get it going. But, um, we'll see later this week. We'll know, um, maybe, uh, a little tip off from our, I don't want to say friend because we don't know him, but 
Bridgeport beat reporter, uh, Mike Forbinato. Um, hopefully some, something comes of that. Um, a little bit of insight there. So we'll, we'll see. Um, I think that wraps it up. We managed to stay in an hour, which is pretty impressive for us. Uh, setting a goal <laughs> at the outset. So good, good, good job. Um, any, any closing thoughts or are we good to go here? No, I mean, I, I think that that's it really. Like I, I know, you know, sometimes or, or lately we've been a little pessimistic with a team that's seventh overall in the NHL. Um, you know, but there, maybe there's something there because, you know, I, I, I have looked at the projected um, standings, you know, from Dom Luchesen, who, you know, writes for the athletic and, he still has the Islanders only at like 90 points for the season and like maybe making the playoffs, which is interesting to me based on their first quarter. But um, look, you know, when you have, in my opinion, the best goaltender in the NHL right now in Ilyas Roken and net, you know, look what happened for the Rangers last year. And that could just be enough to get them there. And we've seen what the Islanders can do in the playoffs. Um, you know, obviously different, guy at the helm so we'll see but there's still three quarters of the season to go and uh you know december is today as you're hearing this or if you're uh, you know a few days late it's december and um this is where things start to ramp up so i'm excited me too and hopefully they can bounce back against the predators um so they don't replay their game against the predators a couple weeks ago and they can shake off that game Against the Philadelphia Flyers and that that really bad loss yeah, earlier this they week. They traditionally don't play well against the Predators, but we'll see. No, but it would be it's a good test. Yeah. Please rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen to a watch or show. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Aspen Hockey. You can find James' work at the Fourth Period. You can find my work at the Hockey Writers. Make sure to check out Isles Fix, an excellent curated Islanders newsletter coming to your. Email inbox Sunday through Friday or Monday through Friday. Um, James, bring us home. Until next time, everybody. Let's go Islanders.